Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? We're back. It's Monday night. Bring out the trumpets. It's the, I don't know, it's the Rushies. I was going to come up with something massive there and I couldn't think of anything, so it's the Rushies. It's the annual award show we do. And we do it different to everyone else. Every year we have a theme and we thought, nah, movies, done them. What else can we do? I know, hold up. Food. Everyone loves food, right? So we got our minds together. I struggled immensely with my categories. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't as easy as picking movies. But somebody who got all of their stuff down early on the sheet was Murph. Constantly impressive, as always. Big man, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Um, I'm glad to see that our... Um pre-warm-up yesterday went down very well with the uh the golden globes last night it was good to see you know the turnout and the digital things all always <laughs> the prequel to to this wonderful marquee uh event and it was i'm glad that it only had one or two technical hitches and they were the british guys that had the technical hitches so um but anyway yeah no it, it it's great i love the show um every year we always try and do something a little bit different as you say this year we thought you know, third annual. I mean, like the first one was like, we'll throw it out there, we'll do it. The second year was was really good. But you know, now now it's now it's starting to get prestigious. You know, like I said, we've got the Golden Globes opening up for us the night before. And, you know, um, so we needed to find someone who was better than Tina Fey and Amy Fowler. And uh, boy, were we lucky 
that we on our first choice, first choice draft pick, the one oh one, said yes. So I'm I'm delighted and excited for this show. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, as been said in the past, we've upgraded our engine room and brought in an absolutely stellar guest, returning friend of the podcast. Not only is he a guest, he is a judge and panelist for the Rushies. We brought him in. He's got his own categories. He's author of the 2018 Football Sports Writers Association Best Fantasy Football Public. Is that on a trophy somewhere? Because that plaque must be massive. Uh, the Fantasy F- Football Consistency Guide, head of Big Guy Fantasy Sports, and uh, the creator. It is it's, if you're watching on YouTube, he's holding it up. He hasn't said a word, but there it is. If you can, if you're watching on YouTube, there's the trophy. The plaque is ginormous, and uh, yeah, the creator of the King's Classic Fantasy Football League, which Murph and I were lucky enough to be invited to last year. It's everybody's favourite, Bob. It's Bob Lung. Bob, welcome back to Five Yard Man. How you doing? Oh, doing great, guys. Thank you for uh, making me 101. I'm glad Tina and them could not make it so that I could step <laughs> in. And it's always a good time here, and uh, yeah, um, just. Yeah, so excited, so happy. Uh, sunshine's out here in Ohio, Cleveland, or in Northeast Ohio, 55 degrees. Spring's on its way. So, yep, we're, we're, we're pumped. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it, it makes such a difference when you've got um, got things going with the weather and it's sunny. We've, we've had a little break in it. We had some snow a couple of weeks ago, and now it's yeah, all nice too. and calmed down, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, um, and it, it gives people more of an opportunity to go out and break those COVID restrictions because I know people have been really itching to um, <laughs> to break those restrictions. You could see that everyone was like itching to go. And the first day that it was a little peep of sunshine, that was it. It was like the local wreck was full. I've never seen it so full. I've never seen like 400 people just descend on a park um, so quickly. Just the first sprout of sunshine. But hey, that's uh, that's the UK for you. I'm sure it's probably the same in the US at times. But yes, I can't go anywhere because of my torn Achilles. But you know, that's my own dumb fault. So <laughs> yeah, of course. How is the recovery with that? Doing well. Yeah, I got the walking boot on. About three more weeks of that. Maybe I'll be able to put weight on it then. But oh well, get it over with. Now I have both of them all completely sewn up and healed. So now I have like two bionic Achilles so I can go out and tear my other AC hours on something. I don't know. We'll figure out something. <laughs> Maybe someday I'll play like my age, but probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, Bob, 2020 has been absolutely mental. How have you been since we last spoke? You know what? It's... <laughs> it's been... I love it. Um, no, I shouldn't say it that way. Um <laughs> I always, I, you know, I'm, I'm an outgoing person, but I can't tell you how much I love working from home as an accountant. Um, and I've been this way since I started this new job back like last July. Um, have rarely went into the office, can't go in at all now because I can't drive anywhere. Uh, but I love it. I get so much more done during the day. Um, you know, I don't have people step in my office and bothering me. Um, to be honest with you, I, if I could do this until I retire in about 10 years, I'm going to be giddy uh, and I'm hoping that it'll be close to that. So uh, yeah, I mean, the wife and I are empty nested. We have been, so, you know, we've pretty much just hang with the family. Um, my oldest daughter uh, got into foster care and we have uh, a twin uh, two-year-olds um, Afro-American um, kids. And it's, it's been so cool to be a grandpa, even if it's a instant grandpa scenario, um, it's just a blast. And I've just had so much fun and playing with the kids and, and watching them learn and grow. And, um, you know, it, it's amazing what you can do 
um, with, you know, you think, well, these kids came out of a, a poor situation and you're helping them. Um, we got them at one and a half years old, uh, where my daughter did. And, you know, the good thing is they were one and a half because they didn't know what was going on at home. Uh, they came out of a house of 12 other kids or 10 other kids, single mom, bad scenario, abandonment, that kind of stuff. Um, and yet you give them some love and support and attention and you, you never know that ever happened to them. And we, we hope we can keep them that the goal is hopefully to adopt them. We don't know yet. Um, but if we can even just make their lives better for the next two years and mom takes them back, it is what it is, but it's yeah. just been a blast. I've enjoyed every second of it. And I, I hope it continues that way. So. Well, you, you, I mean, you definitely make a massive impact. My, um, so I've sort of, it's, it's a long, complicated story, but I have a, basically a surrogate family in the U.S. Um, they didn't adopt me. I was, you know, a, a very late teenager, but my mom came back. I lived with them to get through high school and then went to university. Mm-hmm. And I see them as like my extended family, I, you know. Sure. I, um, and they said, you know, taking me in at that age inspired them. And they're now foster parents and they fostered mm-hmm. three times. And it is amazing when they get these children and, you know, they had one not long after birth and they have one, you know, probably about one, one and a half. And honestly, having seen the children that they've had for that, you know, year, two years, three years and, and watch them grow up and develop and see where they get to, I guarantee you those children now will be so much better in a year, two years. Mm-hmm. And you'll see them and you might hopefully get to hear about them in five years time. If you don't get to keep them, which I really hope you do. Yeah. But I tell you now, the work that's being done now is, and the developments that are made when you, you put those kids in a loving family is just, it's, it, I, I've had the opportunity to see it firsthand. And it is yeah. truly one of the most remarkable, most selfless things that your daughter's doing because those kids are going to be forever, they're going to be forever better off and they're yeah, forever no. going to have so many things they're still going to have to overcome challenges and things like that and hopefully it's not too many if you get to keep them but they're they're going to be so much better off for the time that they get with you and your wife and your family so i hats off and kudos because it's it's a hard thing but as you say it's so rewarding and and i've seen it firsthand it's a phenomenal thing it's made covid a lot easier to deal with that's for sure (laughs) yeah i mean having your own kid on the other hand makes it a lot harder to deal with i'm sure three of us i mean (laughs) Lee, Lee became a father for the first time in COVID. All right, Lee. All right. Um, and both Stocks and I have little ones who weren't very old when COVID started. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my, my kid spent three quarters of his life in COVID now. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I, don't, I love working at home. Would I have loved it if I had all three of my girls at home at the same time with me? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> See, I'm the opposite to you. I quite miss the office now and the commute because yeah. you, you don't get your own time. So for me, I kind of I agree. Of yeah, like that. you said, in, in that situation, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah, it's it's the run. Yeah, you're trying to get away and your time in the car and mm. kind of you know whatever you you know whatever you do. But no, I yeah, like I said, it's there to each his own. And well, no, I'm with you. I'm still. I've, I'm now going to go when I'm. We're having those discussions because by June, we should be effectively done with any COVID restrictions. So yeah, we're having yeah. the conversations. I've told my boss I'm going to work from home three to four days a week and he's fine yeah and that's what i'm expecting too even once all this is cleared up that you know i'll go in maybe twice a week you know tuesdays and thursdays or something yeah um yeah so we'll see 
Yeah, yeah. but other than that, yeah, just uh, working on the 2021 guide, getting the expo stuff all set up, ready to go, so we can have that in August. I think that will be, and a lot of people are chomping at the bit for that one because I think they all see that as like that first big opportunity. Everything should kind of in good shape by then. Every, most people should be vaccinated. And I think it's going to be the first breakout event of the year. Um, so um, now I just got to get it off the ground and get the website up. And, and uh, but it, it will be very soon, I promise everybody. So look forward to that. <laughs> it's a good tease. So a great question I was going to ask you, and then we'll get onto the guide in a second because I want to give okay. it to you. You're obviously in near Cleveland-ish, geography-wise. You're in. Ohio, so. I'm an hour south here. So obviously you're you're there. COVID situation. I know when we spoke wasn't too bad. Uh, when we last had you on, I assume probably things haven't got much worse or they're better or, or whatever. Yeah. But the draft is due there in eight weeks. Is it likely from obviously where you are that you think that the draft is still going to be held in Cleveland or? Do you think that with with everything and, and where it's at right now, it's likely to be remote or a combination of the two? Like, uh, you know, what's your sort of gut? I haven't heard anything official. Um, the one thing I did just do is that, um, and I think you guys knew this, that I'm a driver during Hall of Fame weekend mm-hmm. for the actual Hall of Fame enshrinements, have been for 30 years. Yeah. Um, because I'm one of those volunteers um, they actually sent out a uh, a request to see if we wanted to be because we're in that database of volunteers. Wanted to know if we'd be interested in volunteering for the draft itself. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so I signed up for that. Um, here's my thought: um, the governor in Ohio has allowed is has announced just this past week that they will allow up to. I think it's 25% capacity in any arena at this point. So like Indians opening, Cleveland Indians opening day, they're, they'll allow like 10 to 15,000 people. So my thought is, is that I think it'll happen. I think it'll be restricted, um, but I think it will happen. The, the cool thing they're going to do here is that day um, round one and two is going to be in Cleveland. Um, I'm not exactly sure where yet, Um but rounds, the rounds after, maybe even three and four might be in Cleveland. But the late rounds, I'm going to say four, five, six, seven, are actually going to be live from the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which is five minutes from my house. So um, my thought is, is that because they're kind of separating the rounds and the scenarios, that maybe that'll allow it to be a little bit easier to manage. Um, but like I said, I think at this point they will allow – you know, it may just be restricted to media, volunteers, and the players in NFL. I don't know. I haven't heard an official thing, but uh, it's definitely improving greatly here in Ohio. The vaccinations are going well. Uh, the governor every day seems to be opening it up more and more and allowing more and more. So I'm hoping in eight weeks that it'll happen live, you know, it'll happen. Um, whether or not they're going to be able to pack, you know, 50,000 people into football stadium or the arena or whatever to watch it live eh, questionable but i think it'll still happen so i'm hoping that i'll be get to be a volunteer and get to be there so i'll let you guys know once once i get get any uh any word yeah it's good to know we we were talking about last week the draft and um I really enjoyed last year's draft. In fact, uh, I've actually gone back and started rewatching it. 
<laughs> because I just loved it. All the content of the behind the scenes and everything it was. There were so many things I forgot about as well, and I've gone back and rewatched it. Like, like Henry, Henry Ruggs like wearing Henry Ruggs in his yeah, in his bathrobe. Yeah, that was I completely stuff. forgot that that happened. And <laughs> he's wearing an old spice robe. What? Like I must have just even not watched or I was blown away by something else and yeah, yeah. brilliant. Um I just thought what a what an event. So yeah, it'd be good if they if they do it live. But I wouldn't I wouldn't be against them doing a remote one every few years just because the content is absolute gold. So you've got the guide coming out um in the next sort of couple of months. I mean, it's always, you know, uh, a must own guide. What is um what is sort of planned for this year's guide? What's new um, for it? And give everyone a, a little bit of a tease for those living under a rock and have never purchased yeah. it or, or read it or, or had access to it before. Well, for those who have never really looked into the, the uh, importance of consistency in fantasy football, um, it's, it's obviously very important because you want those players who are not only going to score you a lot of points, but on a, on a week-to-week consistent basis. Um, there's nothing worse than at the end of the year, you've got somebody that's in the top 12 or top 20, uh, fantasy total points and they're on your team. And you're like, man, he didn't seem to be that effective for me. And maybe because they scored 30 points one week, five, the next, and then got back and forth like that all year. Um, every year we have those folks. Um, on the other hand, you might have guys that didn't seem to score a lot of points, but boy, every week you were pretty happy that they were in double digits. So you know, that's the guys that are kind of helping you and you don't realize that they kind of fly under your radar, but they're very consistent. And, you know, they were a big, big help to your team. TJ Hawkinson would have been a good example. Um, you know, he was actually right behind, you know, Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller in consistency, but yet he ended up like 11th or 12th in total points. So, you know, it's those kind of players that we identify, you know, every year we put all that information out by position, give you the player profiles for last three years history of their consistency, their game scenarios, how they do home versus away against bad defenses, good defenses, that kind of stuff. So you can use that for start sit scenarios. So pretty much the same stuff, you know, new data, a lot of a lot of things I'm already are already starting to jump out at me like, oh, I guess I didn't even realize about that player. And I get those. And, you know, those kind of will hit me in the face like, hmm, I didn't know they were that good or, hmm, I didn't know they were that bad. Uh, so that's always good stuff and looking forward to it. should be out our early May is uh, like we usually do right after the draft. Um, last year I put it out April for, around early April because everybody was sick of the COVID and wanted something to read. So we got it out a little earlier and maybe I'll try to be ready for it just in case. But uh my thought is, is everybody's going to be out in the sunshine and they're not going to want to pay attention that early. <laughs> I don't know, but, but definitely probably early May for sure. So looking forward to that. Well, we look forward to it. We'll have you back on when it's out and released and uh, we can talk about some of the findings in that. Cause I, I find it fascinating. Um, you know, you're kind enough to give us a copy every year. We, we thoroughly uh, enjoy and, and go through that because it's just so many things It adds to your, I, I mean, I put a tweet out the other day about um, things that I have in my fantasy toolbox and your, and your right, guide yeah, is one of those because that. it is it is so important. It, it, it's important to understand where how people, how players accumulate points because what you want <laughs> is, as you say, consistency. You don't want a guy who's just going to get you the playoffs and then kill you. Um, right. You know, gets, he might get you a win one week and, and that's all gravy, but 
if he if he kills you in the weeks that matter, what's the point? And and mm-hmm. that's the right. you know you. I remember reading the guide a few years ago. You sent it to me, and it was you know you told the story about. Um, you know, why is it that you are high on total points but never make the playoffs? Right. Um, and, right. you know, I, I, I used to be like that a bit of reading the guide. It just makes better, smarter decisions in your draft. And it's a good, it's a good tiebreaker if you're stuck between two guys. Mm-hmm. That, it, right. You know, that it's the simple basics of that. You've got two guys on the clock. One might have got more total points, but the other guy was a lot more consistent. Which one do you go for? Right. Yeah. No, and I always say that the guide is not the – end all i mean it's not the buy it and it's all you need i mean i would say it's the the fries to your to your value meal your your heavy meal you know you, you get your big stuff and get all your data and your own analysis and then just have that that, that sitting there so when like, you get to those guys you're kind of like i'm not too sure between these guys oh wow this guy's much more consistent there you've moved him up in your rankings and mm-hmm. you've picked a player that uh, is going to help you versus hurt you so yeah definitely well gentlemen I suppose we should probably get to the award ceremony. The, uh, <laughs> the the bagpipes have warmed up. It's time to unleash the categories. I've read my first one, and now I'm not sure it actually makes any sense, but I'm going to go for it. It didn't anyway. make a damn bit of sense to me because I have no idea what a pants bangers is. <laughs> I, I must be, it must be a U.S. thing versus British. I just went, what? So, <laughs> all right. So I'll, I'll go first. And my first award is the Who Buys Cheap Sausages Award. And my explanation to that reads, Bob, I'll read it and then I will explain before going okay, into your shortlist. <laughs> so the explanation is, why buy pants bangers when you can get much better sausages? So, you know, getting a Cumberland gold sausage is much better than, don't take this offensively, if you like Richmond skinless, that's fine. But I'm never going to buy a Richmond skinless sausage over a decent sausage. It's just, no, no Murph, no. I, I'm just saying that, by the way, I should precursor this and say that not one, but two of your awards massively offended my wife. And this was one of them. Because my wife likes the cheap Tesco sausages that cost like 80p and have all sorts of off-shot crap in it. Why? Because no. she thinks they taste bad. Listen, I'm with you on the sausages. No, I'm just I... saying she likes cheap sausages. You, your question is who buys cheap sausages? The answer is my wife, sir. Okay, well that then. That's what she does. So there you fine. go. So basically, it, it's like this award is effectively my wife. That is what, that is what this award is. This well, is getting more and more sexual by the minute. It's really disturbing. <laughs> The, the, really the explanation is your wife, whereas, you know, for me, your wife wouldn't be the winner in this. So <laughs> controversial. But she doesn't, she, you know, whatever. Anyway, so, Bob, pants bangers is like a rubbish sausage. Okay. Um, we use pants, well, in South London, pants is a slang term for rubbish. Um, okay. And then a banger is, I guess, another London term for a sausage. So, okay. yeah. Why would you buy a rubbish sausage when you can get a better one? So with that being said, this is based on ADP gems. They're all about the same price, but one of them or two of them were much better sausages. This is a terrible one. I'm going to give up this sausage analogy really quickly. So (laughs) the shortlist was Mike Evans, Kenny Golladay, Alan Robinson, and DJ Moore. And just for a bit of look back at this, they were all drafted within the same four spots. So they were all pretty much the same cost. And two of them were much better than the other two. And uh, would you like me to go first with my winner, chaps, or would you like to? to well, chart? yeah. Now you've explained it, I would have changed my answer to the same as you two. Um, okay, I totally so, misinterpreted the, uh, the your explanation and the question. Okay, so uh, out of those four, 
Bob and I had the same, and Murph yeah. picked got Kenny Golliday. So why, based on my explanation you thought happened, Murph, did you pick Golliday? Well, I thought you were talking about the pants banger. So I thought, which one of these four was the worst? So I picked Kenny Golliday, because do you know what? He was pretty pants. Yeah, he, he was. Play. So I was just a bit like, yeah, okay, so you're, who buys cheap bangers award, or cheap sausages? I thought, well, who was the cheap banger? So that's how I took it, and that's why I went with Kenny Golliday, having heard the explanation properly and heard you explain it it's my dumb fault because you two both put the same thing i would change my answer to yours to make it unanimous okay so based on the fact that my wordsmithing was pretty terrible you also picked alan robinson like bob and i did bob why did you pick alan robinson well i really had no idea what i was going for but i assume we were going for the best (laughs) player of the four so that's why I picked Alan Robinson, and I think I got it right. It sounds like, yeah, you 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 got it right. You got it right. Yeah. So just um, on PPR points, he was he was the best of the four. He scored two hundred and sixty nine, and then Mike Evans was pretty close with two hundred and forty eight, and the others were were pretty much not there. So yeah, we we've got Alan Robinson as the the winner of the Who Buys Cheap Sausage Awards. If anyone is still watching, thank you. You'll probably listen because you can't really skip forward in the podcast. So we appreciate you listening <laughs> through my sausage awards. Somebody saved me from digging this massive hole. So can I defend Kenny Holiday for a minute? Yeah. He only played five games. So that, that's what killed him. Yeah. He was four out of five in consistency. He was actually 80%. So it wasn't he was terrible. He just got hurt and never seemed to come back from the injury and killed everybody's thing. So from that standpoint... I, I, as a as a Kenny Golliday owner last year in a oh, league, I was too, which, yeah, which you know which was funny because it was in a league where I finished six and seven scraped in the playoffs on points scored by the last game because I actually got in on Monday Night Football by a touchdown I got in on points scored by six points and then ended up winning the playoffs <laughs> nice there you go that works anyway. <laughs> um, and Kenny Golliday because every week was he because he didn't well I are that was frustrating is he left yep. in week five, week six, and then never went on IR. He just was like, yeah, he's going to be out a couple of weeks. And then it was like, yeah, he might be back this week. No, he's not. No, he might be back this week. No, he's not. No. And, th- and that went on for seven weeks. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no. Um, Kenny Golday, great player, just is injury prone, unfortunately. And that is what's always going to besmirch him a little bit in my eyes. Um, I'm going to kick this one off to the next award and it's you know i want you to think about controversial things in life this is not US, controversial you know U- u.s presidents um past who've just left office british prime ministers the <laughs> handling of covid <laughs> face masks um okay. you know the football team you support um probably the most controversial of them all of all the things that have ever happened in the world is pineapple on a pizza. I, I've, I've, seen, I've seen dissertations from universities of people written about this. I've seen more discussions and more online polls about pineapple on a pizza than absolutely anything. In fact, more column inches, I guarantee it, have been written about pineapple on a pizza than Donald Trump's presidency. I'm willing to stake a lot on that. <laughs> so the award I wanted to come up with was the 2020 player or the 2020 fantasy performance that divided the most opinion on Twitter because there's no middle ground. With certain players, you either love them or you hate them. 
and some people are willing to excuse the terrible performances they put in because this player is so great. Um, so my oh my god, who puts pizza, who puts pineapple on the pizza award nominees for this? DJ Moore, Miles Gaskin, Robert Tonyan, and Curtis Samuel. Because no matter whether they were good or not, people <laughs> were very much in one camp or the other, and were willing to go to war on Twitter over it. <laughs> so, like I offended your wife, you haven't so much offended me with this. It's just the fact that I think pineapple on pizza is fantastic. So, yeah, why not? Why not? Well, do, do you want the science or do you just want... First of all, why would you put wet things on a pizza to make it soggy? That just doesn't make any sense. It's already soggy. <laughs> You don't need it more soggy. Like you've got a sauce which heats up, and then putting water, water-based fruit on a veg, on a on a piece of bread. Yeah, which goes in an oven sense. which evaporates most of the liquid. It's still some there. I mean, it's soaked through. Okay, no. well, why not though? Why well, not? It's disgusting. It's just it's just wrong. That's a terrible explanation. That cannot no. be the scientific explanation. No, Let that me... is the scientific explanation is the water. It's, it soggies it and right. it makes it more droopy. Completely and... disagree. But anyway. Well, that's fine. But this is my point. Is It's so diverse. You can't just sit there in the middle of it. It's either people absolutely love it or hate it. I was going to call it the Marmite Award, but then I realized all the people in America don't know what Marmite is. And that would be lost. Or a pants banger. See, it lost me a pants banger. Let's not push it. Marmite is a yeast extract spread. Stop it. We're losing viewers and listeners as we... (laughs) So so anyway, I've picked four players. DJ Moore, Miles Gaskin, Robert Tonyan, and Curtis Samuel. And this one divided us all. So Lee actually had to break the tie on this. Mm. So, um, Bob, you went with Miles Gaskin. (laughs) So why did you go with Miles Gaskin? It just seemed like... Even though he was 80% consistent, it just seemed like every week I looked at him and I think others on Twitter and just went, well, do you start him? Well, what if Howard comes back this week? Well, what if, you know, so it just, I don't know, it just seemed to be very divided of whether or not, like he was the only one I really, and I only think I picked him up in a couple leagues, but I had Tanya and I had Samuel and those guys all did very well, and I, and I didn't have a problem, and I didn't see as much. It just seemed like there was more fighting on Twitter about whether Gaskin was worth it or not. And the consistency numbers say that he should have been there, but let's be honest, you know, I can see the Dolphins going out in free agency and picking up Leonard Fournette and putting him on their team, and he'll be the starter. Gaskins won't. So that's, that was my opinion. That was my reasoning behind him. Makes sense. Gaskin was a triumph of volume over skill. Yeah. Ultimately, he, he he got he got a lot of volume, and mm-hmm. that's what carried his numbers <laughs> because right. he he didn't have a great yards per carry. He wasn't really explosive or dynamic right. in any way. He just he just plodded along very nicely to some very respectable fantasy numbers and was very useful. But yeah. luckily, we didn't have to invest a lot in him, nor do we have to continue to invest a lot in him. I yeah. went with Curtis Samuel because. Because Curtis Samuel is the player that is tipped to break out every single year. Every season you get to this time of year, it's like, this is the Curtis Samuel year. Because a couple of years ago, Matt Harmon put him in his reception perception uh, article. And people use that as the staple of, he's a good player because Matt Harmon has put this in reception perception. And I love Matt Harmon. I love reception mm-hmm. perception. It's 100% a fantastic tool with some brilliant information. 
However, at some point, the player has to live up to the expectation to be worthy of the hype that has been brought to him. And there are many examples over the years of many players who just continue to not live up to hype standard, uh, the fever pitch that happens around them. Uh, Dante Pettis, for example, who's in New York randomly now. Um, there's so many players who you just expect this hype. But every year this hype continues to happen with Samuel because he doesn't end around or uh, a pitch and catch or he just gets a, you know, he's a gadget player. Let's, let's call it what he is. He's a gadget player who flashes from now and now and again. But people will stand by that and people will continue to draft him about three rounds above his ADP every year. And then you've got the people like me who just turn around and go, I'll wait until he does enough consistently to, to justify his ADP because it doesn't happen for me. He goes in an ADP range with Brandon Cooks and um, Marvin Jones. And I know which which one of those three players doesn't belong in that category. <laughs> so that for me is why I picked Samuel. Stocks, you had the winner here, which was Robert Tony's. Well, I, I only had the winner because Lee broke the tie. It, yeah, but that's fine. All right, and... If you are new to the show, you will now be finding out that I don't do Twitter. So I don't know if any of these players divided any opinion on Twitter. I went with someone who divided my own opinion when I owned him on a roster. And that was Robert Tonyan because he was good and then he was not so good and he was average and he was good. I don't know, Bob, how was his consistency throughout the year? Um, it was actually very good. Um, so at the end of the year, uh, Tonyan was 63%, which doesn't sound good. But that actually tied him for fifth place in tight ends. Because tight ends suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think the thing with I found with Robert Tonyan is when he had a really good game, we sort of expected him to just continue along that vein maybe, and then you'd play him and mm-hmm. he wasn't quite as good. as He, he may well have been consistent, <laughs> but it, it, I, I just found that he tore my opinion when starting him because then I, he had a bit of a down week and I thought, well, why did I start him? And then you bench him and he, it was just, that was me, Robert Tonyan. But Lee, well, why did you pick... Robert Tonyan as uh, as the winner, or did you just stick a pin in the donkey and point at the wall? So, to be honest, it was mainly because I thought about going Curtis Samuel, but I thought he could easily have won this award last year, which makes it less of a surprise that he's very <laughs> eligible to win again this year. Um, That's fair. So I, That's a good point. I completely agree with everything Murph said, and the the Dolphins fan in me just wanted to nominate Miles Gaskin the same way um, One Yard Ballard got an award last year, but. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I just saw a lot of arguing over Tonyan. I also just saw um, a number of times when Murph had him in his um, pickup article. And I'm like, that just shows that not, not enough people were owning him and also were willing to go go to war over it. And it's like... Then... Him, and Logan, him and Logan Thomas pretty much alternated the waiver wire exactly. article of under 30% owned for about mm-hmm. 11 weeks. It was just those two guys. I just flipped them every week. Exactly. I think I had Logan Thomas for three weeks in a row. And, I and you realize him. they almost they almost ended with the exact same stats in fantasy. Yeah, that's the funny part. So that's that's how I came. That's how I tie, used it as a tiebreaker. Well, well I, I, I respect that. I thought yeah. they were. Yeah, it, it was a good award. So congratulations, Robert Tonyan. You are the pe- the pineapple on the pizza. <laughs> I can't sure wait. To, I cannot wait to tweet him that. I'm sure he's touched. <laughs> he should be. He should be. Bob, it's be. over to you. All right. So you're right. This was very difficult to do because it's hard to tie food things into. And I read your guys's, and since most of them didn't make a damn bit of sense to me, I, I tried to come up with my own that made sense to me, which I, I'm not even sure it really did. 
So my first one was called the Risky Menu Choice Award because you go to a restaurant, you see something on there like, I've never had that. I wonder if I should order that. wonder if it'll be any good. So I tie that into the player you never heard of, but you drafted or grabbed off the waiver wire anyways. And of course, it came back to probably either save your season or help you out or get you through you know, uh, some tough injuries, especially if you drafted, you know, CMC, Barkley, those kind of guys. And the short list was James Robinson, Robert Tanyan, Logan Thomas, and Miles Gaskin. And um, even though Murph took Miles Gaskin, which I get it, like I said, we saw the 80%, uh, both Stocks and I picked James Robinson, and for good reason, 90, 93% consistency. The only running back that beat him out was Dalvin Cook, who was 100%. And that's our winner. Um, I wish I would have had more of him. I didn't think much of it. I wasn't sure why uh, the Buc- or the Jaguars got rid of Fournette for this guy, but they obviously saw something. And, you know, I compared them to like Phil Lindsay a couple of years ago. You know, just who is this guy? Where is he coming from? Nah, not worth it. Probably won't be. Probably be a stiff. And he just explodes. So that was my pick. Love that it. makes sense. Yep. I... I, I do have a story about a risky menu. I went to a, uh, a curry house. Murph, you'll know it. it's at the top of the Sutton, uh, top of Sutton by the station. And it's called Nord Jahan. And on their menu, I they had a chicken surprise. And I thought, that sounds good. <laughs> Said spicy chicken surprise. I was all over this. It was a whole chicken stuffed with mince meat and then followed up by an egg up, up the, uh, well, just in the whole cavity at the back, I suppose. And that, that was the entire curry. So it was, it was a surprise I didn't want. Um, and yeah, I, I went with James Robinson in this just because a top 10 running back and you, you got him on the waivers or, or drafted real late. And that was enough for me to, to give James Robinson my winner in this category. My actual risky menu was one time I ordered, <laughs> I ordered fr- um, fried bone marrow. Okay. So they brought out this leg bone on a plate. The marrow was fried still in the bone itself. It was okay, but <laughs> yeah. And my wife, when we went to France a couple of years ago, um, got uh, beef tartare. She couldn't make it. <laughs> that was her risky menu choice. I got a real fried hamburger. <laughs> she did. That's, that's the way to do it. Yeah. I, I'm going to be honest and tell you why I didn't pick James Robinson because James Robinson makes an absolute amazing um, winner of this, and I understand it. Here's where I went with Miles Gaskin. I went with Miles Gaskin because at least he had some competition. I kind of felt that picking James Robinson was like turning up at a menu, uh, turning up at a restaurant, and there was one item on the menu (laughs) because he had no competition. (laughs) I I mean, like the third guy on on the depth chart was probably Doug Marone. Because like, oh, yeah, else was going to be playing running back for them. <laughs> like, he didn't have anyone else. You had, um, you had Raquel Armstead, who was on the COVID list miraculously for the whole year. I think he's still on it, um, yeah. which sounds like it, it must be one of the worst cases of COVID there was. And I hope he's okay. And maybe had, he is COVID. Maybe, maybe he's aging COVID. And then you had Chris Thompson, who we all knew he was only going to last about you know four or five plays. Um, right. So, yeah, I, that was the only reason I, I just thought, well, it makes sense that he should win it. And I figured he probably would. But I was like, it's like picking the only thing on the menu. It's like you turn up and you're just like, oh, there's one item on the menu. I'll have that. 
<laughs> but remember, that I place has got to be good. That yeah. place has got to be good to have one thing on the menu and still be open. So, and that and that's what the James Robinson Cafe would be. Yep. James <laughs> Robinson Cafe, nice. <laughs> so, uh, with the next award, it's one of the viewers' choice awards. Murphy, explain to me where this came from. Uh, this came from a message um, sent to me privately um, who suggested that we should have a beans on toast award because, you know, we've all been in this situation where we either don't have a lot of money or we, um, you know, have hardships or sometimes we're just lazy. I was right? going to start. You should have started with lazy, but that's lazy. <laughs> you know, you just you, you, you get home. It's been a long day. You don't want to make dinner. Your wife's out. And you're thinking, right, I don't really, I just want to sit in front of the TV and do nothing. So you have beans on toast, which for you folks in America, yeah, Bob will get it. We have a thing here, baked beans. Um, it's basically uh, beans in a tomato sauce. Right, in a can. Beans are. So you, yeah. you toast, you make toast, and you pour baked beans over it. That's it. Yes, beans on toast. Butter yeah. the bread, butter the toast. Yeah, beans. And on you it. were bitching about <laughs> pineapple making pizza sake. All right, fine. I'm going to say <laughs> two things on this. One, I don't like beans on toast. I would never have it. I don't no. mind baked beans. They serve a place. I'm with you. I don't want them on my bread. Too soggy. Pointless. Yeah, okay. I, I just so I, I'm with yeah. you. Um, I didn't create this award. It's just one that was uh, basically the point of this award was for basically a good old fashioned staple, just something that, you know, a low value ADP player who just came through for you as they do every year. They're not exciting. They're not full of thrills, but just every year they just seem to get massively devalued. And just when you just need a little bit of comfort and a little bit of ease, they're just there to supplement you. So that's where the beans on toast award came from. Before we get to the shortlist, I'm going to make a controversial statement here for anyone who does like beans on toast. And I think that spaghetti hoops on toast is a better choice. I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm with you on that. It's... Spaghetti hoops on toast is is far more. So is that like spaghettios? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same thing, just spaghetti hoops. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolute winner. Anyway, the shortlist was Brandon Cooks, Marvin Jones, Tom Brady, and Latavius Murray, and it was a three-way clean sweep. Marvin Jones took the beans on toast award. It, it, it was only going to, as soon as I saw the list, it was going to be him. There was no other winner for me here. Marvin no, Jones. I thought, I thought Brandon Cooks deserves a nomination because he was going in the eighth round of drafts i think anybody kind of knew that that was silly i was just talking about it for weeks and weeks i think what hurt brandon cooks was he didn't start the season well but once he got past week six week seven he really kicked it up a notch it took a while for him to get going but once he did he started putting some good numbers together towards the end of the season but marvin jones just every single year is available in the eighth or ninth round and i don't understand it <laughs> well and i think that's the key is you said year after year yeah. Brandon Cooks doesn't do that year after year That's and has not. True. Last yeah. year, he was like 18% consistent. Marvin Jones, however, every year, you know, 60, 65% consistent, but you're getting him like, you know, wide receiver four most of the time. Yeah. yeah. So Brady, Murray, Cooks, not always every year for there for you. They always seem to – Murray's tough because, you know, he's a backup 90% of the time. And, you know, but, yeah, Marvin Jones is an easy pick for me there too. Yeah, Sam Dunk. It's just every year, eighth or ninth round. It'd be the eighth round, eighth round this year. And I'm going to win a lot of Marvin Jones like I do every year as my wide receiver four or five. Mm. Because why wouldn't you? Murph, don't right. talk too loud. I'm nearly <laughs> on the clock in the Devi two and he's still available in the 18th round. <laughs> 18th round, wow. 
it's a Devi league. Uh, these Devi yeah, leagues yeah, are, yeah, are, are wild. We're, I'm in a different Devi league. And um, let's put it this way. I decided to trade out around 17 through 25 and just moved up and bought 20 guys really cheap because everyone was buying Devi picks. So I have no Devi picks. I have no rookie picks. I just have 20 guys I absolutely love. Well, 19 and Cam Newton. <laughs> gotcha. I had okay. to take Cam Newton. So, uh, Bob, my next award, the Carolina Reaper Award. Did you understand this one? Yes, I know what a Carolina Reaper is. Yes, thank you. Perfect. So for those of you who don't know, I think currently the Carolina Reaper is the hottest chili on planet Earth. I couldn't tell you the Scoville rating off the top of my head, but I grew them last year and I can tell you that they are fairly spicy. So the Carolina Reaper Award was who went for a spicy 101 pick and got away with it. And that was because good friend of the podcast, Lauren Stepmum Carpenter, came on and said she would have no qualms taking Alvin Kamara 101 uh, I, I don't actually know if she did or if she was just being brazen, but she uh, she said that she would. So I figured, you know, we, we get on really well. I'll put you in here for a spicy 101 pick. She selected Alvin Kamara. She didn't. She's not in the awards, but she said he would go 101. Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry and Patrick Mahomes. And as for 2021, that's what she would pick 101 for this coming year. She said. For, for 2020. Oh, for 2020, she would have. Okay. Yeah. So and I thought I'd throw Patrick Mahomes in as well because he did go 101 if you were playing Superflex. Yeah, um, sure. And... Uh, yeah, there was a winner. Bob and I selected the same player. Murph, you selected Alvin Kamara along with Lauren if she was here. Uh, consistent running back. Um, I mean, he ended up being the top scorer, but he probably wasn't given the fact that that Week 17 game probably took him over the edge. Stop it. Weeks. Um, Stop week 16, 16, yeah. It was Week 16, sorry. It was Week yeah. 16. That Week 16 game. Yeah, of course it was Week 16 because I had him in the Warrior Bowl. Um. Yeah, week sixteen, Alvin Kamara went off, and that's why he finished number one. But that's not why I picked him. I picked him because just the threat that he has, um, the fact that every single year you can pretty much bank him for eighty receptions in PPR as a given. Um, I just think everything he gives you, it's spicy, but it's not that spicy. I'm I'm one of those guys. I like a bit of spice. I don't want a foul curry. I don't want the hottest thing in the world. That's why I went with. Alvin Kamara, but you two obviously went in a different direction, and I get that. I would, <laughs> I wouldn't do it. You'll never see me do it. I, I'm still getting my head around the fact that this player is still a first round pick, and is now justifying it at last because it, it did take an eternity for him to warrant his yeah, his, his first overall uh, status. So if you've listened to the podcast, you will have well been aware that Murph is talking about Dalvin Cook just by his tone there. You, you know that Murph isn't the biggest Cook fan in the world, whereas I am ride or die. Dalvin Cook's my guy. Most and, of the time die, but yeah. Yeah, it's fine. I ride, I, the ride, I did, there was a little ride, and hopefully there's more to come. Anyway, don't, don't ruin it for me. Um, yeah, Dalvin Cook, he's, I, I had to take him 101 out of these four because he is my ride or die. Bob, have a, give a bit more analysis on it than just a ride or die. Well, I mean, so I guess I was looking at it as they were going to it. Well, I kind of went with Dalvin Cook because he ended the year better than Kamara from a consistency standpoint. And Derrick Henry and Mahomes is tough unless it's super flex. Um, you know, Cook was a perfect 14 for 14, but notice it's 14 for 14, not 16 for 16. So even in his best year, he still misses two games. And, and that's what you're going to get with him. If you can get 14 out of 14 every year, it's golden. But that's the problem is you're rarely going to get 16 out of 16. Um, Kamara, I love Kamara, 
But what scares me is if Breeze leaves, what's going to happen to Kamara? That's the only thing that scares me. That's why I was kind of looking at, well, if if you're going forward with this, Kamara may not be a good pick. I mean, Henry is okay. Mahomes is great, but you're not picking him one-on-one unless it's super flex. Um, So, yeah, it was said that's pretty much where it came from. Murph, you're on the clock. So, I – listen, we've all had this situation. We've ordered a takeaway. I probably had a few beers or a few drinks. Um, You've ordered a takeaway. Um, Probably had a friend that's found. You've watched the football or, or, you know, you've been on a date at home or whatever, you know, kind of floats your boat. Ordered your Chinese takeaway. And it's great. Tastes great. Put it all out on the plate. And then you either get to this state where it's just it's the end of the night. You can't be bothered to put it in the fridge. You just leave it out on the side. You cover it because you're not an animal. But you just, you know, you're just not putting it in the fridge. Completely forget maybe you're drunk. I don't know. Whatever takes you fancy. But you leave the Chinese out on the side. You wake up the next morning, uh, late morning, because you've had a bit of a, a, a lie-in. You come downstairs. You start tidying up. You realize the Chinese is on the side still. And you think, well, I can't bother to make breakfast because you're that kind of guy. We've all done it. Listen, there's no one. Everyone on, on this podcast is listening to me going, yeah, we've all had one of those days. Um and you decide to eat the leftover Chinese. Don't bother putting it on a plate. You just eat it straight out of the carton. And do you know what? It always, always, always tastes better the next day than the, the night you had it. Your Honour, Your Honour, I, uh, I have some science to back this up. My next door neighbour told me that if pizza, which, spoiler alert, Bob's next award is Cold Pizza Award. These boys are on the same wavelength yeah. over here. It's um, pizza, Chinese, curry, whatever it is. The proteins in the meat start to break down, therefore making it a better flavor. But then the herbs also have longer to infuse in the sauce or whatever it is they're involved with. So the next day, stuff is always better because the proteins and herbs are better. There you go. There's your science. There you go. Makes it rotten. I'm 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 going to edit that out, Lee. You're not having that take in here. So Murph, He's right. so so basically, we're looking at we're looking at players here that went undrafted, weren't supposed to be in the fantasy radar landscape, shouldn't have been any good because no one, no analyst picked them to be good, and then all of a sudden they were miles better than they expected. And the short list was James Robinson, Miles Gaskin. You've heard a couple of these names already. They had good seasons. Uh, Cole Beasley and Chase Claypool. And we were unanimous in our choice, and I'm definitely not surprised by this one. Well, go for it. Who's the winner? James Robinson, obviously. We've talked about him already. Not going to go into a big spiel, but he was a league. He got you to the playoffs. He didn't do. He didn't help you in the playoffs, but he definitely got you to the playoffs. Um, all four of these were players that nobody expected, heard of, or in the case of Cole Beasley or, or Chase Claypool, were not players that anyone was expecting to contribute um, solid numbers in 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 the season. You were getting these guys off off the waiver wire for free, and they had a wonderful season. So, congratulations to all four. But James Robinson, you were definitely the worthy winner of this one. I would just like to interject at this point, Murph, and say tomorrow you will be tweeting Robert Tonyan to tell him he's a soggy pineapple and James Robinson to tell him he is a dodgy cold Chinese. <laughs> that sounds racist. Don't do that. I, yeah, I was going to say, do you know what happens? It's I'm going to get kicked off Twitter. <laughs> Without the context. Uh, of course, I'm joking. It's just the perfectly titled award ceremony yeah. going on right here. Right, cold pizza, Bob. We've already mentioned it. Yeah, it kind of it kind of fit in. I saw the, the dodgy Chinese, and I'm like, yeah, it, it's close. 
Um, a little different is here's how I looked at it is cold pizza is always better the next day, especially if it's a real greasy pizza. Um, uh, and you know, but sometimes somebody, you know, back in the day when you're, you know, maybe living with a bunch of buddies and that, you know, you get up and there's some cold pizza in there. You didn't put it in there, but you're going to eat it because you're the first up and <laughs> you eat it. And you're like, damn, that was good. I wonder what it tastes like when, it, when it was like fresh and hot. Um, and so you kind of wish you kind of missed, like, you feel like you missed out. And so that's kind of what this was all about is the guy you didn't draft, but man, you wish you would have later. Um, I picked in the short list was Stefan Diggs, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Darren Waller. All these guys. Yeah. I mean, certainly Adams was probably the highest ADP and everybody still, but he had a down year last year. And, um, you know, especially with Rodgers, nobody was really sure about Rodgers and, so all these guys were not risky picks, but you kind of went, if you were starting, if you were there and you were looking at them and somebody else, you probably went to somebody else if they were more consistent, more reliable, and you, you passed on them. Um, and my guy that I picked um, was Aaron Rodgers. Um, I just had no love for him. He was 38% consistent the year before. I thought he was done. Um, you know, I expected a little bit of improvement, but nothing like he came through with. And so that was my pick. However, Murph and Stocks both went with Stefan Diggs, and I totally understand why. He, again, kind of forgotten, goes to Buffalo, you know, kind of has a attitude problem. But, man, he, him and Josh Allen just clicked, and uh, and you guys took two out of three. So, Stefan Diggs, and, again, I think we could have picked any of these four and yeah. been very justified in, in our choices because they all kind of, you know, the guys that we, we probably many people passed on and then went, damn. Sure, I had him. So. Yeah, we, we Murph and I have uh, have sort of cheated a little bit on this because we actually drafted Stefan Diggs in the King's Classic auction for oh, twenty one dollars. Nice. Yeah. So, very nice, absolute steal. But hell of a deal, hell of a deal. Yeah, yeah, he he, he went cheap. Um, but I didn't invest that much in Stefan Diggs. Um, Stefan Diggs was the reason <laughs> I didn't win the Warrior Bowl, so he will forever be besmirched with <laughs> the man that left me as the runner up of the Warrior Bowl. Uh, that's disappointing. Don't tweet him that either. <laughs> oh no, I I will. I that that one hurt. You know, there was nothing better than, you know, at, at halftime of Monday Night Football, I was there leading the Warrior Bowl, and then Stefan Diggs, yeah, boom, Ouch. ruined ruined my dream of winning a two hundred and forty man <laughs> tournament and forever being crowned the first ever Warrior Bowl champion. Instead, I'll be the first ever Warrior Bowl runner up, which I think's better. Why? <laughs> because I said so. Yeah, yeah exactly that. Congratulations, um, mate. We, um, we're, we're fully behind you here. We, we'll move on to our next one. And uh, this is the Big Mac Award, Murphy. I knew what this is. I knew this one. Yeah. <laughs> so this, and I recognize. This, 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 this was, yeah, this one was presented to me by someone. And they said That's to me, good. they said, they said, look, the thing with a Big Mac, you always want one. It's always mm-hmm. a craving for a Big Mac. Oh, yeah. Not always, but... If you've not had one for a while, you always have this craving of, of a Big Mac. You think, oh, yeah, I really fancy a Big Mac. You really, really want one. And then you get it, and it's never as good as you remember. Never. You end up having, you think, yeah, it was all right. But it always, always fails. I think any McDonald's, but in particular, we've gone with the Big Mac. Oh, how dare you? The 20, nu- 20 nugget sharing boxes. Okay, I'll give you that. Okay, yeah, fair enough. The, the chicken, nu- but... I, and actually, there's another one later on that Bob has picked that I absolutely love. But mm. the yeah, the Big Mac always 
I like it. I, I'll always it's order it. It's an always favourite. But do you know what? It never, ever, ever lives up to the anticipation of having it. The best part of the Big Mac is when it's on its way to you. <laughs> <laughs> or it's when it's in front of you in the box. That's the that's when it's at its peak. Because as soon as you buy into it, it's never as good as you remember. And so, um, this is uh, a player who slid down draft boards and you selected them thinking that they were better than we remember them to be. Um, and actually, in, in some... Uh, no, sorry, I got that one wrong. Uh, the player who was remembered to be better than he really is. And these players uh, consistently were being selected far higher in their drafts than they should have done. Um, Sterling Shepard, Mike Gazicki, Ben Roethlisberger, and Miles Sanders. Mm-hmm. So these were four players who everyone was drafting at very, very well reasonable or higher ADPs than were worth and never returned their ADP because we all have these fond memories of them doing great things that they never really did or they did, but they did it a very long time ago. So the winner of this, we were all unanimous in this and I'm so glad that we were is Miles Sanders because Miles Sanders was, I, I, I like the player. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing against the player, but he is not a good fantasy option. He never has been a good, it, it might change this year now they've got a new coach but under Doug Pedersen he has never ever produced consistently stable and Bob you're the expert on this fantasy football numbers to warrant going in the second or third round of drafts and I said to people time and time again last summer if you draft Miles Sanders in the second or third round you might as well have selected a kicker because that is pretty much what you're getting guy finished on the cusp of the top 24 running backs in position and this is a year that all running backs went down and he played most of the season and still didn't get in, into the top 20. So, yeah, Miles Sanders was the worthy winner of this, a player who is fondly remembered for being far better than he actually is. So so what you're saying is, if things change in Philly, Miles Sanders could be the cold pizza award winner next year. Yeah, absolutely. Could be. He, he very well could be. It's all set up for him there. But, yeah. Yeah, anyone that was selecting Miles Sanders in the second, third round with Doug Pedersen there was, they were fantasizing. They were dreaming of that Big Mac. (laughs) And then they opened the box and they took a bite and was like, yeah, it just wasn't as good as I remember. Right. My next award, and this is not meant to offend anyone, but is the vegetarian, this started as the vegan restaurant award, but I, I scaled it back to vegetarian restaurant award. And it's, you know, the bit of a hipster pick that works out once in a while when you get a really good one. I've been to one in my favorite restaurant that I've ever been to is a vegetarian restaurant in Bristol, tucked away in a housing estate. It's basically a turned over house that's now a restaurant and it is the best three course meal I've ever had in my life and it was vegetarian so I'm not saying it's a bad thing I just think occasionally they can be a bit of a train wreck um, and, and with that being said the the four players on the shortlist were Antonio Gibson, CEH, Daniel Jones and Tyler Higbees. Now these guys were all players who had some sort of hype going into last year's draft, whether it be, and you know, Murph and I were Daniel Jones. We were all aboard Daniel Jones going into 2020. And, and that, that was a, you know, a little bit of a train wreck and we're happy to admit that. So th- there is really only one winner here. And, and we all went with Antonio Gibson, you know, Tyler Higby, he was going to be the next tight end after his massive games the year before. And that never happened. CEH is, ADP was just way too high by the end and didn't return on value. And then Antonio Gibson was the, you know, the running back that 
people sort of forgot about as the incoming rookies and just exploded. So, boys, why, why did we take Antonio Gibson? Because the only one who paid off. <laughs> <laughs> Jones and Higby sucked. CEH didn't live up to his ADP, and Gibson was low ADP and was pretty good if you picked him up. I mean, you could easily have put him in the dodgy Chinese thing. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be the dodgy Chinese. Instead, he ends up as a vegetarian restaurant. Right, yeah. I'm sure he's not happy about it either. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, all day long. And Gibson was a player who was he was climbing up ADP. I think in the Kings Classic, I took him in the early sixth, um, no late sixth it was, um, and still it returned ADP all day long. Just as a good player, and if you kind of knew what you were looking for, what to expect, you, you kind of knew he was going to be good. Um, so yeah, Antonio Gibson was an easy winner here. Uh, your next one is a, a weekend tradition. Yeah, so traditionally on a Sunday in the UK, although this tradition is starting to die out as we become more culturally diverse with our food here in the UK, but very traditionally in the UK, a lot of families still like to get together on a Sunday and have a roast, which for you folks in America, it's basically like having a Thanksgiving dinner every Sunday. Not quite as big. It's not quite as big, big, but you you end up having, you know, the roast beef and the the vegetables and the roast potatoes and the Yorkshire pudding um, Mm. and all those wonderful things, gravy and everything that goes with it. And it's a lovely, luscious Sunday dinner that you have every year, Bob. What is Yorkshire pudding and what does it taste like? Yorkshire pudding is um, is a basically like a batter. Um, It is a batter. It's exactly the same batter as a crepe. I was going yeah. to say pancake, but that's different for you, Bob. Yeah. A crepe. It, okay. it's this, and you just put it in a little like tray full of Big holes, case. and mm. it puffs up into essentially a souffléed pancake, a uh, crepe, if that makes sense. Yeah. So then it's not actually pudding. No, it's not pudding. Okay. <laughs> the same. Heard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard it's phrase, not. Yeah, yeah. Like... It's it's just basically yeah, it's this <laughs> batter that's that's cooked in an oven in in oil. And it just starts to harden and crispen. So it's <laughs> it's got like the, the crispiness of a potato on the outside, but it's okay. that soft, like airy batter in the middle. Um, okay. It's a yeah, thing of It's a yeah. wonderful, it's a wonderful thing. Someday I'm going to get over there and try all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it, a fantastic thing. So the best thing to come out of Yorkshire ever. Okay. Gracious me. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. Um, but anyway, so hey, back, to the roast beef. back to the roast beef. So, you know, for for traditional people and for even non-traditional people, you know, we have a roast, not every Sunday, but we have a roast every now and again, every sort of half a dozen weeks or so. But, you know, it's a wonderful thing. It's the thing you look forward to when you all get together again, like your Thanksgiving dinner. You always look forward to it. You can substitute roast dinner for Thanksgiving dinner, right? <laughs> Same to, for multicultural makes it all work gathering a family is yeah, exactly that it. great times Perfect. it always has a really high expectation and no matter what it always always delivers so it's and a big man oh no it's not a big man it's, not a, it's the opposite of a <laughs> big man it, it actually does deliver okay. it's the anti big man it actually delivers every time so four players who no matter what always deliver uh Devontae adams um alvin Travis kelsey alvin kamara and patrick mahomes Nope, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Oh, yeah, sorry, I'm on the wrong category. Yeah, da- <laughs> yeah. Devontae Adams, Alvin Kamara, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. 
Um, so you, Murph, Merv. I think the roast beef kicked in. He passed out. <laughs> Murph, there you, he is. You, I froze. You yeah, out for a minute. You froze as you started. Roast beef coma. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was dreaming of the roast beef. That was it. <laughs> so anyway, um, Bob, you went in a different direction with this one. Um, why did you go with Travis Kelsey? Which is a fine choice. Well, and again, you know, I was kind of going on the year by year basis. Travis Kelsey, um, you will see in my current articles for the consistency awards for this year, won his fourth straight tight end MVP. Um, nobody, no position has anybody done that four years in a row. Um, Davante Adams is good, but had a down year last year. So that's the reason. I mean, certainly Adams would have been my second pick, um, but Kelsey, just because of the year after year, four years straight, I went with him. It was a toss-up between Kelsey and Adams for me. I mean, yeah, right. Yeah, it was. It was for me. The only thing that besmirched Kelsey, unfortunately, is just the lack of quality behind him. I mean, like him, him, him being the only the, tight end. When he was, him and Darren Waller were pretty much the only tight ends that were worth owning in fantasy football last year. It's kind of like, okay, that was the only thing I I besmirched him on. Yeah, and no, unfortunately, yeah. it's not his fault. But yeah, hey. He, if it was a position that mattered, he probably would have won the award. And he deserved yeah. it because he was like the wide receiver four or five in scoring, depending on what scoring format you played. He, he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah we went with Devontae Adams. And so, Devontae Adams, you are the Sunday Roast Beef Dinner Award. <laughs> well, it's funny how we kind of, Murph and I keep tying into our <laughs> awards together. Yeah, no, we've so we like, mine, it's Which is the next one is I call the perfect dessert. Something that's perfectly consistent every time doesn't matter what that is, but every time you eat it, it's your favorite. Whether it's mine's like anything from strawberry shortcake to chocolate chocolate pudding pie to you know apple pie, apple whatever. It's just it's just always perfect. Um, and so the uh, choices were Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Devontae Adams, Alvin Kamara. Again, this is pretty similar to the Sunday roast beef. I don't think there's much to get into. Uh, Kelsey took two out of three. Uh, Murph, you did go Kamara, so we'll, we'll go to you for why you took Kamara over Kelsey. Maybe just because you didn't want to have Kelsey win again. Uh, way. Well, he, he did win the first time around. Again, he, he only goes down to the fact that I don't think tight ends matter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, that literally was, and it's not his fault. Unfortunately for him, in my view, it's not his fault. But right. I can't give a tight end an award that is so brilliant because the position sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that that is the only reason yeah, I'm you're right. Oh, yeah, I get you. Okay. It's unfortunate for him. Okay. Oh, Travis Kelsey, but not poor enough that he didn't manage to come out on top as Bob and I both picked Travis Kelsey as the right, perfect right. dessert. Right. The last viewer's choice award is the Fillet Steak Award, and that's the best fantasy player on the menu in 2020. The shortlist was Josh Allen, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, and Devontae Adams. Murph and I both went for Devontae Adams, making him the winner. But, Bob, you went for Dalvin Cook. 14 for 14. Perfect consistency. Um, the, only, you know, the only player at any position to go perfect this year. I mean, Adams, uh, you know, some of these other guys were, you know, 80s, 90s, which is great. But, you know, in the end, Cook was, to me, the best overall player to have on your team. Um, you know, he got you through the playoffs didn't let you down. I mean, yeah, Kamara did the amazing. If you made it to the finals, <laughs> you would have 
he probably would have won with him if on your team. But that's where a lot of people is always going to remember him. Um, but, you know, Adams was certainly right there. Like I said, I think he was 93% consistent on the year. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, Adams is a perfectly fine choice as well. Okay. On to my last award. And here's um, another one I don't know. Really? A wedding hog roast? Yeah. What the hell is that? So, uh, here, obviously, not there, uh, a wedding, when you have like the evening meal or buffet or whatever comes okay. out in the evening, this is. Oh, not you don't have a buffer you have a hog roast so some guy comes along in a van pulls up puts a hog on a uh, spit okay and then you, you have it as your evening food i suppose or what we call a redneck wedding buffet so um stocks why don't you ask me what we had for our wedding uh, did you have a hog roast yes tremendous did. so this is massively for you this is the wedding hog roast award and it's you know you always grab it but every time i get it it lets me down time and time again but you end up grabbing it in the evening. Yeah, I just, there's something about hog roast I don't enjoy. So it was who let me down the most in 2020 fantasy player-wise. Murph, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know what's wrong with you, man. Is your wife mad at him again? Well, I, I, well, I'm, I'm mad at him now. So, anyway. so I don't understand. What's wrong the, with a pig on the stick? Well, I don't mind a pig on a stick. You know, you talk about... A, For a wedding? Yeah. Well, yeah we, but, we got married on a farm. So the oh, pig okay, was, fine. All right, so then the pig yeah, was grown right. there, and, and you know, was if that's your theme, I get it. That's fine. Yeah, but I, I don't understand the hypocrisy, Murph, because you're putting delicious. a wet apple sauce into a bun. I think it's soggy. Yes. How can you not put pineapple on a pizza, but apple sauce into a bun? This is this is god. We didn't serve it in a bun. It was the main meal. Oh, well, that's different. I'm talking about in the evening when you get a bun with hog roast and apple sauce. Okay. <laughs> now, now, now we're on the same page. I mean, okay. apples, hog roast as a main with beef is fantastic. So you, so you don't put any sauce in your sandwich? No, I'm talking specifically about a hog roast. Yeah. Putting apple sauce in a hog roast is a big no, but you have to put it anyway. Who let you Just down keep... in 2020? Zach Ertz, <laughs> Hollywood Brown, Devontae Parker, or Anthony Miller? I, I want to change my vote to you. You, that's fine. Lee can pick a winner. Murph's changing from Hollywood Brown to me. Um, I don't know if that changes the winner, Lee, because we all had different answers. Murph did have Hollywood Brown, but it's now me. Bob, you chose Zach Ertz. Sucked. <laughs> he did. And, and his ADP was like tight end three. Yeah. I mean, I didn't draft him. I didn't, I didn't have any faith in him. I, but that's because I was dumb enough to, to pick Evan Ingram in every league. But that's another, <laughs> that's another award we'll get to. Um, but yeah, I think he, from an ADP standpoint, he had to let a lot more people down than the other three, but they all let them, everybody down, but yeah. Yeah. Of those, of those four, I owned the most Anthony Miller. So he let me down the most, which is why he was my winner. But Lee, you chose Zach Ertz slash maybe me as the winner of this award. What, what, what how are we doing? So you guys have obviously put a lot of thought into all these awards and that's great. And this came down to nothing more than a personal vendetta. He let me down too much. <laughs> as simple as that. I saw Zach Ertz and I was like, damn, you're the winner. <laughs> I, I'm pleased you didn't take my personal vendetta against you if you happen to have Hog Roast at your wedding there into consideration. So Zach Ertz is the Hog Roast Wedding Award winner. Murph, your last award. So we all have meals or we all have things in life that are just greatly always... 
underappreciated. You, you just have them to have them. It, it's always better than... It's not just always better than you remember. It just always delivers. So chicken. Chicken isn't a meal or a meat that people would automatically assume is the first choice. Some people do. But you've never... I don't know about you. I've never really ever had a bad chicken meal. It's always great. You can do so much with it. It always, always, always is better than like it's. It just always outperforms every time. You have chicken. You're never overly excited to have chicken, and then you have it. Oh, that was really nice. Every time. Every yeah, time for me. Um... I just always enjoy having chicken. And it's not something I'd like rush out and. I mean, don't get me wrong. I eat a lot of chicken anyway, but like. It's not something I like. Look forward to. I don't go. Oh yeah, chicken tonight. I always oh, am a, like. What a, oh, it's <laughs> what a yeah, throwback that was. <laughs> That's uh, we had a a, a a type of um, what do you call it? I guess a sauce. sauce. Yeah, called chicken tonight in the UK, um, and they had a theme tune which we're not allowed to sing for royalty reasons. Um, but you can go look it up. <laughs> we must um, be now. There's no way they're still coining from that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not singing it. I'm definitely not. I've picked it. with chicken players who we we players who always just always do better than we ever expect, and they always continue to over deliver and deliver in a really well nice way. So um, we've gone here: Stefan Diggs, Marvin Jones Jr., um, Brandon Cooks, and David Montgomery. A precursor is slightly different to um, a previous award here in terms of the low ADP because. These players could have a high ADP, they could have a low ADP, but the players who perhaps um, just returned the biggest surprise and was like, that was amazing, and I'm going to have chicken more often, or I'm going to have this player more often. Um, Bob, you went with Brandon Cooks. Basically um, because I kind of went on just this year only. Um, I did draft Cooks because I figured he might do something. Um, and he actually turned out to be better than expected. I did not draft any Stefan Diggs or David Montgomery. or I mean, I had Jones, but he did what I expected him to do. Um, I didn't have any of the either two, so I just went with who I drafted and who I did benefit from, and that was Brandon Cooks. But I totally understand why you guys would have picked Diggs. Well, David Montgomery wasn't unexpected. If you... Was smart well, enough to. He was, he, he was unexpected because he wouldn't have done anything if Tyree Cohen wouldn't get hurt. Th- that, okay, that that is true. But I mean, from <laughs> from 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 the midseason point, yeah. looking at the fantasy schedule they had the last five weeks, right? You know, we were telling people he's going to be a, an RB one the last five six oh, weeks of the season because of the fact that his schedule was so puff. He had no competition for for touches, and they couldn't do anything out at the quarterback position. So it wasn't a big shock that he ended up having this. He is a, the biggest mistake waiting to happen in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> right. I agree. Um, but we went with, um, we went with Stefan Diggs, which we talked yeah, about makes sense. because yeah, he delivered um, better than we remembered. And uh, we'll probably all be owning some Stefan Diggs next year. And enjoy it. Depends when you want to draft him, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And enjoy one. it and enjoy it when we do. Yeah, exactly. Right. Bob, we massively appreciate you coming on. We understand that this isn't your usual fantasy football podcast. We are going to have you back on to talk. Yeah, it's fine. Consistency guide. But Bob, we, we have left you with the last award. Why don't you let Rush Nation know what it is? Well, 
I was going to do one kind of like perfectly consistent. You know, I was going to use the Big Mac because it's kind of like you can get it anywhere in the world and it's always the same, whether it's, you know, just from that consistency standpoint. But that was taken. So something in the back of my mind um, kind of chirped at me about the McRib. And we all know what the McRib is. It only comes out once a year. And when it comes out, you know damn well you shouldn't eat it. You shouldn't. It's not it's not good for you. It's made of processed probably pant bangers. <laughs> but damn it. Every time you drive past McDonald's and you see that McRib is back sign, you just can't help yourself. Gotta get one. And so I picked players that Last year, maybe even before this, that every year, you know damn well you shouldn't draft these guys, one of these guys, but you do, and then you regret it. And then the next year comes, and you don't want to do it again, but you do it. (laughs) And so the four were our famous fantasy locusts, Amari Cooper, Corey Davis, Matt Ryan, and Evan Ingram. And um, I basically did this because this is my personal vendetta against Evan Ingram, <laughs> who just pissed me off to no end all season because I had the 18 out of my 30 leagues. Um, and that was my my pick for the winner. And <laughs> Stocks did too. And Murph took Corey Davis, which could have been – I could have easily said that one. Um, but that was my award, and yeah. I just felt like it just fit – Really well. As you've probably learned in this podcast, I don't really value Titans. <laughs> <laughs> We've so, heard. So, There's rumors. And so I, I don't. So they don't impact me because that's the only, <laughs> that's the only reason. It's just because I can't, I can't bring myself to invest in a Titan. I just can't. I just. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, little spoiler alert. So for the playbook that's coming out this year, um, it's basically a uh, draft Travis Kelsey early or don't draft one or draft one very, 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 right, very, right. Because there's just no point. <laughs> I just refuse to believe that there is a point in drafting tight ends. Yeah. And every year that strategy pays off very well. I'm not going to spoil. That. Can't I'm argue not, with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to spoil where the PAS metric worked for tight ends this year, but let's just say did very well. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, went for, I went for Evan Ingram too, and that's because of how much we were in on Daniel Jones. I thought the production would be there for Evan Ingram, and and, and it wasn't. So, yeah. listen, Rush Nation, like the Oscars or any other award ceremony that ever happens throughout the entirety of the year, this has gone on way too long. But I would like to stand here and thank my <laughs> mum, the supporting cast. No, I'm joking. Bob, thank you so much for coming on and lending your time. Thanks for having absolutely me, guys. A, This is a blast. Ridiculous hour and a half or however long it's just gone on. We will get you back on for the consistent consistency guide but for anyone who's interested in the consistency guide or wants to find you on the internet where can they find you and the guide uh the guide will be on amazon probably said early may uh you can always find me on twitter at bob underscore lung uh make sure you keep an eye out uh, uh for the expo announcement hopefully coming out within the next week or so um and uh king's classic will be coming up uh, but uh basically set your social calendars weekend of august 14th and 15th Make it to Canton, Ohio. You won't regret it. It's going to be a great time. Um, visit the Hall of Fame. 
Come check us out at King's Classic. We'll be there drafting. Come to the Expo on Sunday. Big party Saturday night. Brand new hotel we're staying in downtown. Uh, we're going to have a party there so you don't even have to drive. It's going to be, you know, so we can have a blast. So looking forward to that. So for those of you out there looking for something, you know, that guy's weekend, that's your, that's your guy's weekend, August 14th, 15th, Canton, Ohio. So guys, thanks again for having me. This was a blast. Uh, a lot of fun doing this and, uh, uh, hopefully we'll see each other soon. Uh, we'll get you on. We'll get you on the, when the guide's coming out, when you let me know it's ready, we'll get you in the diary. We'll get you out and we'll talk about the guide and we'll promote it, not just promote it, but we'll, uh, give a couple of copies away. We'll, we'll yeah, do perfect. some things, and uh, but more importantly, we'll talk about why this has to be a staple in your in your tool chest because it Thank is. You. And if you can, un- I mean, it's not a difficult concept to understand. <laughs> yeah, so. kind of like, I trying to like spin it up and say, yeah, no. Just ultimately, if you can just get you understand the benefits of this and apply it into a couple of other tools that you can apply, you're going to do really well in fantasy football. Yeah, appreciate. And if you want to beat your friends. This is the guy to do it. So we will get you on when it's out um, and we'll talk about when it's about to come out and we'll, we'll give a few copies away. So, uh, but thank you, Bob, for coming on. Rest up well with the Achilles. Also your car at the draft. Um, And please, please, please. If you do end up with um, Trevor Lawrence, try not to get in a wreck with Trevor Lawrence, because I think there's going to be a lot of people that might be very disappointed if that happens. Yeah, no, we, I don't think we're going to be driving anybody when I'm volunteering for the draft, but uh, I'm not sure exactly who I'm going to drive for Hall of Fame. I'm, it's either going to be, I don't know, it's either going to be Troy Palomalu or it's going to be John Lynch. I'm not <sighs> sure. Uh, so John Lynch, one of my favorite players of all time. Yeah, well, he's one of my favorite too. So haven't decided yet. One of those two. Um, I don't know if I would do Paul Mahler because I'm a Browns fan and it's kind of hard, but I just, I just liked the guy. I just thought he was a cool guy and he's uh you know, so we'll see. I'm not going to get paid Manning, but at least I'll get to meet him and say hi and hopefully get a picture and chat with him just because I want Yeah, I can't wait. So um, should be a great year. Um, they're doing two classes uh, this year. Um, one then Shryman on Saturday for the last year's class, Shryman on Sunday for this year's class. So huge weekend and uh, hopefully – Hopefully everything will be fine by then and we'll be back to everybody be able to come out and be there and be close again and, you know, pack them into the stadium and enjoy football like we should. Yeah, fingers crossed. Right, Rush Nation, it's come to that time of the night where the curtains are falling, the awards are done, the confetti has covered the stage. I want to say a massive thank you for Bob for coming on, Murph for always being there, Lee for doing your magic behind the glass, but most importantly, recently, the Five Yard family, all the staff doing an absolutely sterling job of whatever you do, wherever you are across the website, podcast, videos, whatever it is, we massively appreciate you all. But Rush Nation, that's it. The Rushies are done for 2021. Stay safe out there. And as always, don't forget, keep rushing. live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. 
Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.